I just don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Kirsten. Ha! Just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to see your reaction. I was like, reaction. wait, what? <laughs> I'm Michelle. Well, I'm Kirsten. And it's my True Crime episode. That really threw me off. I know. I wanted to. <laughs> that threw me through a loop. <laughs> you said, wait, did we mess up? <laughs> Why'd you say my name? <laughs> anyway. I mean, if you've been listening, you can probably tell the difference in our voices. Kirsten sounds like a little baby. And I have a deeper voice than that. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously. Though. I sound like I'm 12. I yes. promise I'm not. She looks like it too. <laughs> JK. Anyways. No, I really do. <laughs> I just wanted to say your name to see your reaction. I look like a 12-year-old little boy. No, you don't. With Shut my up. hair cut like this. <laughs> no, you do not. Anyway. So, we're just going to jump right into the case. Okay. Um, it's the disappearance and death of John Darwin. I don't know if you've ever heard about this. I don't think so. It's in the UK. Okay. I believe. So, another UK case. I don't know why I always end up doing UK cases, but we're gonna roll with it. Okay. Um, next month mm-hmm. is what? September? Yeah. And you're doing true crime and I'm doing story time, but then October... Mm-hmm. Kirsten's gonna be doing story time. I'm gonna be true doing true crime, okay. Mm-hmm. But this coming month for my story times before we get into this, I did want to say I'm gonna be doing like Halloween ish ish themed things to to build to build before we get to October. You know, because I don't have story time in October. Kirsten does. I have the honor of having story time for October. So I feel like I need to do some story times mm-hmm. that relate to October before we get there. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I'm going to be doing next month. That's what my schedule is. And then for October, for my true crime, I'm going to be doing October, like Halloween, true crime, Mm -hmm. murders, that type of deal. So I did just want to say that before I got into this. So for me, for October, since I will be doing story times, and if you don't know, the very last Halloween movie comes out in October. And it's the very last of the Halloween franchise. And at first, I didn't know if um, I'd be able to cover it for the podcast. But they just released that they are going to be putting it on Peacock. So I will be able to watch it and do a synopsis for you guys. So for the whole month of October, I'm going to be doing the Halloween movies. Not all the off ones, all the side story ones just the main storyline of um michael myers and um laurie and their story all right be prepared for that all right let's just jump in the case now okay disappearance and death of john darwin okay so john darwin was born on august 14th 1950 in hartleypool county dunham okay um this is in northeast england okay He attended St. Francis Xavier's Grammar School, Hartlepool, 
and De La Salle, De La Salle, De La Salle, De La, okay, College, Salford, uh, Lancashire. Okay. This, these words are rough. Lancashire. Lancashire. So he would study biology and chemistry at these places. Okay. So on December 22nd of 1973, John married his wife, Anne Stevenson, in Black Hall. And John would actually go on to teach science and mathematics at Derwentside for 18 years. And if you don't know what Derwentside is, it was, from 1974 to 2009, a local government district in County Durham, England. Okay. So, it was just a place. Okay. And then he left there to join... um, Barclays, and Barclays is a British multinational universal bank headquartered in London, England. Okay. So, he went from teaching to working at a bank. Okay. And then, he would become a prison officer at HM Prison Home House. So, he had all different kinds of jobs. Mm -hmm. He was a teacher, he was a banker, he was a prison officer, like, Mm -hmm. he had an array of different things. Yes. So, John's wife was actually a doctor's receptionist, so she made pretty decent money. Mm -hmm. And then they both decided to start a business where they would rent what they call bedsits. And a bedsit, or a bedsitter, or even another term is called bedsitting room, Mm -hmm. it's a form of accommodation common in some parts of the United Kingdom, which consists of a single room per occupant, with all occupants typically sharing a bathroom. So, like, if you've ever rented an Airbnb and you get a private room, it's just, there's multiple private rooms, but you guys all share the same bathroom or mm. whatever. You're, like, in the same building. Okay. So, bedsits are included in a legal category of dwellings referred to as houses in multiple occupation. That okay. was the definition. Okay. So, they did this with 12 different homes. So, they were making pretty decent money. I mean... Yeah. Uh, my last case we talked about, well, the Burke and Hare murders, they had lodging houses that they sold to people. Mm-hmm. This was kind of essentially the same thing. Okay. Um, they did end up running into a bit of debt after purchasing two homes in Seton Carew in December of 2000. So, they were making money, but they Spinning may have... It too fast. Yeah, yeah. So, on March 21st, 2002... Uh, John decided to go canoeing, and he was seen paddling out to sea on his canoe. Okay. The same day, he was reported missing after he never showed up for work. Okay. And then a large-scale sea search then took place. So, they searched this whole sea. There was 62 square miles of the coastline, and that was all searched as well. Okay. There was absolutely no sign of John. They could not find this man. Hmm. Um, they did find a double-ended paddle from the sea near the Seton Carew the next day. So, they found a paddle, but Mm -hmm. no John. Nothing else. And then on March 22nd of 2002, John's canoe was found wrecked. Yikes. No John, just the canoe. Okay. Um, and the North Sea is actually unusually pretty calm. So, the rescuers were kind of puzzled as to how he could have gotten into trouble, but regardless, they found the canoe. It was wrecked. So, mm-hmm. I mean, something happened. it kind of adds up, right? Yeah. So, what happened to John? We don't know. Did someone kidnap him? Did he fall over the edge? And I kind of want your theories right now. What, what you thinking? Um, 
Um, if he paddled out to sea and then he just like, this is like the ocean, right? Yeah, he went like, out in the sea. Ain't nothing. Yes. Ain't nothing around. Yes. I am gonna, I don't know, I don't think he would just fall over the edge and then like stay there. I yeah. Mean, if you fall over it. Unless he didn't know how to swim. That's true. I don't really know. I just wanted to see I'm going to say, I'm going to say what I think happened is a shark got him. Okay. Bet. <laughs> okay, bet. Okay. So, John was obviously presumed dead at some point because they still couldn't find him. Like I said, everything mm-hmm. was adding up to him dying. Yeah. He, there was, he wasn't anywhere. Right. So. So, his death certificate was dated March 21st of 2002. Okay. okay. I feel like... <laughs> go ahead i feel like he's not dead so his wife claimed his life insurance policy of two hundred fifty thousand euros okay do you still think he's not dead i still think he's not dead okay <laughs> did you think this was the end no, no. <laughs> so no, I, I put I no there's more in sparkly emojis okay <laughs> so on december 1st of 2007 john darwin walked into the west end central police station in london okay see i he claimed he had no memory from the past five years and he had amnesia what yeah he's like i don't know where i've been the past five years i don't know who i was i walked into the police station like i don't know anything i have another theory what's your theory i have a theory that this was planned him and his wife planned his death so she could claim the insurance money because they were in debt and then he's not dead. Wow, it's a miracle. So, <clears throat> his wife was elated about him being back. I mean, who wouldn't be? Mm-hmm. Your husband's been missing for five mm-hmm. years. And was pronounced dead. Yeah. So, so um, here's the thing, though. The UK police had already started an investigation three months before John's return. Mm-hmm. They were getting a little sus- suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, they received a tip from one of Anne's colleagues connecting her claim on her husband's life insurance policy and her immigration to Panama, which we'll get into a little bit in a a little bit. Okay. So, and even though Anne was a widow, she took foreign holidays, planned to sell the family home in Hartlepool to move to Panama, and she even transferred large sums of money abroad. Hmm. So, they're like... So she was trying to leave the country. Yeah. But they're like, okay, she's a widow and you're going on holidays. And like, even though your husband's been presumed dead, you're doing all this stuff. If she's transferring large sums of money, Mm -hmm. who's she transferring it to? Herself. Just in a different country. What? So like, if you have a bank account here and then you go get a bank account somewhere else. She's just transferring the sums to Panama, basically. Mm-hmm. okay okay so they're like this is sus like if you're a widow and you really loved your husband mm-hmm. like why are you doing all this traveling and stuff right which if you are everybody grieves different mm-hmm. but this just seemed a little sus a little sus so this is where everything slowly starts to unravel okay so the daily mirror which is like a newspaper whatever mm-hmm. they they published a photo of Anne and john in panama in 2006. And he went missing in when? 2000. Oh, he didn't come back until 2007. Yeah. Hmm. So, how exactly did they get this photo? That's what I'm if saying. If John was missing Who and he was had she amnesia. transferring money to? Well, 
someone had searched the words John and in Panama in Google Images. Mm -hmm. And the photo had actually been featured on a website, movedtopanama.com. Nice. So they're like, okay, buddy, but you didn't return until 2007. So you had amnesia. What happened? Yeah. So obviously this wasn't only brought to the attention of the Daily Mirror, but also the Cleveland police, which is like in the UK. So Anne did confirm the photo was of John and even stated, yes, that's him. My sons will never forgive me. And we'll get more into that, okay? Mm. So if John never actually died, and the photo of him and Anne was from 2006, when he didn't actually return, quote-unquote, until 2007, what the fuck was he doing all this time? Where he was, was he? He was in Panama. We'll get into that right now. That's who she was transferring money? So during the years he was dead, John actually stayed in the bedsit next door to the family home. Oh, <coughs> He was literally next door, but it gets better. So his wife obviously claimed the life insurance policy, mm-hmm. like we had already said. Uh-huh. And while he was staying at the bedsit next door, there was a tenant that recognized him. <laughs> he even went as far to ask, aren't you supposed to be dead? Oh my gosh. And John told him, don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> the tenant basically said like, I didn't want to get involved, so I didn't tell the police. But so, this dude this knew that says, he wasn't dead. Yeah. And his wife claimed the insurance policy. And he didn't tell a single person. Like, no. Hey, I think I just saw. Nope. He's not dead. Didn't tell him. What? So, and then, in 2003, he moved back into the family home with Anne. Okay. He moved back in. <laughs> He's supposed to be dead. Yeah. She was in on it, obviously. Yeah. She's in on it this whole time for the insurance money. It's always the damn insurance money. <laughs> so, in 2004, Anne and John decided that they would move abroad. Okay. John applied for and got a freaking passport, dude. But he's supposed to be dead. Mm-hmm. But he did apply for it using a false name, John Jones, but he used his real home address. And when you get a passport, you have to have your picture taken, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, did they not recognize him? He he applied for it under John Jones, so not John Darwin. So, after he got his passport, Anne and John traveled to Cyprus to investigate possibly buying property there. Okay. Because they're kind of into the real estate, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you haven't been already paying attention. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't know, the Republic of Cyprus is an island country in the eastern Mediterranean Sea, south of Anatolian Peninsula. Continentally, it is often placed in Western Asia while being culturally tied to Southeast Europe. It is the third largest and third most populous island in the Mediterranean and is south of Turkey, east of Greece, and west of Syria. Okay. Its capital and largest city is this one's hard. Nicosia. Yes, Nicosia. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So, in May of 2005, an angler, which is also a fisherman, mm-hmm. claimed he met John, who at the time was going under the name John Williams. Pick a name. <laughs> he Pick did. a name. John. Yeah. His actual name. Yeah. <laughs> so, he was at a lake near Penzance, Cornwall. And Cornwall is a historic county and ceremonial county in southwest England. 
So, I just put that in there because I didn't know where it was. So, okay. if you don't know where it is, that is. So, John was doing all this traveling and all this other stuff, but, like, what about when he was stuck at home? Like, what was he doing? Yeah. And he, like anyone else, spent most of his time on the internet. Nice. Um, he actually met a woman from Kansas on the internet. Of course he did. And this motherfucker flew out to see her and meet her. But he has a wife. Of course he did. He's got all this extra time on his hand because he's dead. <laughs> dead? Yeah. So he's catfishing. Not catfishing. He's not even catfishing, not girl. catfishing, but cheating on his wife. Yeah. And he flew out to Kansas to meet this woman. Like, after they... they Drewed up this whole plan. Literally. A crime. It's a crime. Literally. I don't know if it's really a crime. So, in November, John was back in the UK after meeting his fling. His fling. So, he traveled from Newcastle to Gibraltar, then to El Porto de Santa Maria to view a 45,000 euro, 42 foot or 13 meter catamaran that he was considering buying from a boat dealer, Robert Hopkins. A catamaran is like a houseboat type thing, ain't it? Yeah. Okay. So, on March 9th of 2006, John was reported to have signed a planning objection to a neighbor's building work using a false name. Please. This motherfucker, if you're dead, be He's dead. dead. Like, just be dead. If, even if you wanted to pretend to be dead, just pretend to be dead. Don't literally, do all these you're things. You're doing too much. Doing too much. How, how, how has he not been caught right. this far? So, around this time, John and his wife Anne were considering Panama as a possible destination. Um, John and Anne flew to Panama on July 14th of 2006. And this is where that photograph came from that the Daily Mirror had published. Okay. And it was taken by... Uh, panamanian property agent and then posted to their website so that's where the daily mirror got it okay so in march of 2007 the couple returned to panama and formed a company called jaguar properties and they did this so they could buy a two-bedroom apartment in el dorado for fifty thousand euros okay obviously they have the money to buy it so they're gonna try Mm -hmm. so the bed sit house that sat next to the family home where john hid out at Mm -hmm. first when he was dead uh, was sold under the name of John's son because the home had been transferred to him in 2006. Okay. So, they sold that, got the money. Okay. Um, the money from that sale was then transferred to Panama because they had opened a bank account and an investment, uh, like, agency-type deal mm-hmm. in Panama. So, in April 2007, Anne returned to the UK, and that was to sell her home. Okay. Like, her family home mm-hmm. in Hartlepool. But John stayed back in Panama. They thought it would be best if he didn't. Yeah. So, in May 2007, John and Anne bought a 200,000 euro tropical estate in the village of Escobar, Colon, Panama. Okay. This was near the Panama Canal. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. The episode of Animaniacs where they sing about the song about the Panama Canal. Uh Uh-uh. I gotta show you. Animaniacs. Yeah, it's a cartoon. It was from Warner Bros. Um, I love Animaniacs. It's one of my favorites, so. At least when I was growing up, mm-hmm. I watched it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. 
They intended on building a hotel so that they could have canoeing holidays and things of that nature ran from the hotel. Mm -hmm. So people could stay and canoe and do whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, John, though, would later say, like, this story was entirely fabricated. It was the media playing on the romanticism of his faked death. Because as of right now, no one knows he's alive. Mm -hmm. And he died on a canoe. So the media was making up this fake story that his wife was opening this nice property so people could knew, could canoe mm. and vacation and mm-hmm. you know like I see. he said it was fake yeah so. in june of 2007 the panama visa laws changed so <laughs> john emailed ann and told her that their identities would have to be verified by the uk police in order for them to acquire their panamanian investors visas mm-hmm And he knew that his John Jones alias would obviously not get past the UK government. Right. Because he's like, oh, they're going to know that's not me. Right. Because I'm dead. Literally. This is when he came up with his plan to return and have fake amnesia. Okay. Um, They did visit Panama again in July of 2007, and they stayed for six weeks. And then in September 2007 is when the investigation started. And that's when one of Anne's colleagues became suspicious of her after she overheard a phone conversation uh, between Anne and John. So she's like, excuse me. Isn't he dead? Literally. Who are you talking to? So Anne and John finally sold their home in October of 2007 for 295,000 euros. Okay. Anne left for Panama. And in November of 2007, John and Anne vacationed in Costa Rica. And then on November 30th of 2007, Anne bought John an airline ticket because he missed his sons. Okay. They had two sons. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we're all caught up to when he walked into the police station claiming he had amnesia on december of 2007 okay so that was just what he was doing the whole time he was dead dead so now he's alive again yes and Anne bought him the airline ticket because he missed his son so he wanted to fake his amnesia Mm -hmm. so not long after Anne confirmed the photograph was of john like we had talked about he was arrested at his son's home okay um so that false name that john had used john jones Mm mm-hmm that identity actually belonged to a baby who had died in 1950. Oh, dang. Yeah. And that's all we really know about the alias. hmm So, obviously, when John came back, his two sons were excited to have their dad back. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, my God, we missed you so much, like, blah, 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 all that. <clears throat> so, once they found out the truth, though, and that they had basically been the victims of John and Anne's scam... They didn't want any contact with either of their parents. Yeah, I don't blame them. And after John was arrested, he was charged with obtaining life insurance money by deception and making untrue statements to obtain a passport. Mm-hmm. Anne was arrested at the Manchester airport the next day after returning to the UK and was detained in connection with the allegations of fraud. She appeared in court on December 11th in Hartlepool to face two charges of fraud um, for obtaining 25,000 euros and 137,000 euros by deception. Okay. 
She remained in custody until... My birthday. December 14th. So, John appeared at Hartlepool Magistrates Court on December 10th, where he also remained in custody until December 14th. My birthday. (laughs) (laughs) On December 14th, Anne and John appeared separately at Hartlepool Magistrates Court. And they were both remanded in custody to appear again on January 11th of 2008. And then on January 9th of 2008, John and Anne returned to court to face further charges of deception. So John ended up facing a additional charge of obtaining 137,000 euros by deception, which this is a charge that Anne already had, but they just added it to his. Mm-hmm. So along with his existing charge for 25,000 euros and his other charge of obtaining a passport by deception. Okay. And... Then they were charged together for obtaining more money from a teacher's pension scheme because he taught and he had a pension. Mm. So that pension paid out because he died. Mm-hmm. So there were two separate amount, two separate amounts of twenty five thousand one hundred eighty six euros and fifty eight thousand eight hundred forty five euros. So they got quite a bit of money mm-hmm. from all this. Yeah. And also for obtaining money from the Department of Work and Pensions, which was another two separate amounts of 2,000 euros and 2,273 euros. Okay. So, they were remanded in custody again, and they were to appear on January 18th, 2008. So, on January 18th, they appeared again separately by video link, and they were remanded again in custody until February 15th. So they would go to court, and then they would just hold them, and then they would go to court and hold them, and go to court and hold them. Okay. So they had many court trials, because they wanted to make sure they were being prosecuted to the full extent, pretty mm-hmm. much. So this is when they would face the committal to Crown Court. And if you don't know what a committal procedure is, it's the process by which a defendant is charged with a serious offense under the criminal justice systems of all common law jurisdictions except the United States. And the committal procedure, sometimes known as a preliminary hearing, replaces the earlier grand jury process. Okay. And the Crown Court of England and Wales is, together with the High Court of Justice and the Court of Appeal, one of constituent parts of the Senior Courts of England and Wales. It is the highest court of first instance in criminal cases. However, for some purposes, the Crown Court is hierarchically... Jeez, that word is Hierarchically. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Subordinate to the High Court and its divisional courts. So that's what those two things are if you didn't know. Okay. And if that just confused you more, I'm sorry. <laughs> So, on March 13th, John admitted to seven charges of obtaining cash by deception and a passport offense at Leeds Crown Court. He denied nine charges of using criminal property, which would be, like, the properties they bought with the money and all that. Mm -hmm. So, these charges were ordered to lie on file, and I didn't really know what that meant. Mm -hmm. So, basically, it's... When the judge agrees that there is enough evidence for a case to be made, but that it's not in the public interest for prosecution to proceed because the defendant has acknowledged, like, more serious charges. Mm -hmm. So, no admission to the charges made by the defendant and no verdict is recorded against them. Okay. So, Anne denied six charges of deception and nine of using criminal property. She did not, um, like say she was guilty to anything. Yeah. 
So on July 23rd of 2008, John and Anne were both convicted of fraud anyways. <laughs> so John did a face an additional charge for his fake passport that Anne didn't have. And he was sentenced to six years and three months in prison. And Anne was sentenced to six years and six months. And police would also say she's like a compulsive liar. Mm-hmm. So they both tried to appeal their sentences. And I was like, dude, come on. You're only serving six years anyways. Yeah. Which is like three with good behavior. Right. Like just do it and get it over with. So on March 27, 2009, both appeals were denied. Obviously. Obviously. So the Crown Prosecution Service said that all the money would be confiscated from the callous and calculated fraud committed by John and Anne. Mm-hmm. John was released on probation in January of 2011, and Anne was released in March of 2011. So they were released not long after each other. Mm-hmm. And on February 14, 2012, the CPS announced the entire 501,641 euros in life insurance and pension payouts had been recovered. They did sell the two properties in Panama to get the money back. Okay. And then Kingsley Highland, head of the Northeast CPS Complex Casework Unit, said, It is important that fraudsters see that not only we will prosecute them whenever possible, but we will also make every effort to retrieve their ill-gotten gains to return them to those they have defrauded. In April 2014, John had repaid only 121 euros out of the 679,073 euros he owed. He's, he's, he's got a long ways to go. Yeah, but that's because all the assets were in Anne's name because mm. he was dead. Oh, yeah. So he didn't really have the funds to pay it back. Mm-hmm. But by July of 2015, John and Anne didn't have any more assets and they completely repaid the, the amount. So Good. Yep. And that's it. That's crazy. Yeah. The fake your death for insurance money. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he hid. And he lasted for, like, five years. Right, and nobody knew. Yeah. That's crazy. Except for that one guy. Yeah, except for that one dude. <laughs> Who just didn't say anything to anybody. Literally, like, He was okay. like, I don't want anything to do with that, so. Okay, right. I guess you're still dead. He's like, I never mind. with my eyes. Yeah, he's like, you know, I'm gonna let this one slide. Yeah. I'm gonna but, just pretend like I didn't see anything. Right. But I'm sure John was paranoid about that to a certain extent because yeah. who wouldn't be? Yeah. I would be. But that's it. That was an interesting one. Yeah, I had no I had never even heard of that before. I've, Not even a little bit. I just found it. Just that's like crazy. looking around at different cases just and stuff. Stumbled upon it. Yeah, and I was like, dude, I have to cover this because What the fuck? How you gonna die? But you're not dead. But you ain't dead. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's my last true crime episode. We're going right back to Kirsten. Yep. So my next episode will be story time. My next episode, I'm going to be talking about... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, it slipped off the top of my head. <laughs> what? It slipped off the top of your head? I... You didn't even say the saying right. What did I say? Where did it go? <laughs> it's not slipped off the top of my head. I had it, but I lost it. Yeah, I can't think of better. what it is. <laughs> slipped off the top of my head. Oh, um, the axe murder. What's her name? I can't think Lizzie of it. Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. Jeez. I can't think of it. It slipped off the top of my head. I don't know. That sounds right to me. No. Anyway. I don't think that's it at all. 
Next week, I'm going to talk about Lizzie Borden. Okay. And whether or not she killed her family with that axe. Um, next week, I am talking about... You know what? It's going to be a surprise. Just wait for it, Okay. Y'all. It's a surprise. But go check out Kirsten's episode from Wednesday. Mm-hmm. She covered um, the movie 1922. Basically, a whole recap. It was really good. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to watch the movie now. Yeah. But um, go check that out, and then... Don't forget, Wednesday will be my story time, then Friday will be Kirsten's True Crime, and if you haven't heard about Lizzie Borden, which if you haven't, you're living under a rock, she's <laughs> going to be covering that. It is one of the most famous unsolved mm-hmm. uh, murders. Like I don't ever. know if you guys can tell, but I feel like me and Kirsten both have different cases that we're, like, attracted to. Yeah, Michelle likes the, like, lesser known, like... Not super popular, but, like, kind of popular, but, like, really fucked up. That's true. But I To like- a certain extent, though. I've done quite a bit that aren't really popular, but mm-hmm. I've also done quite a few that are. Yeah. But I feel like you're really into the axe murderers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was going to do the Velisca axe murders. I mm-hmm. just haven't done it yet. Yeah. Like, that's been on my list since, like, day one. Oh, yeah. Dude, day <laughs> one, she's it. like... I have to call this right now. Yeah. Like, that one is so messed up. But there's, like, so much behind it. Anyway, that'll be in a future episode. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Yep. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye.